BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader. What's happening, brothers and sisters? This is Chips Enough from Enough Snuff, and you're listening to Talking Metal. Welcome to another edition of the Talking Metal Podcast, home of all things hard rock and heavy metal. I'm Mark Striegel, host and producer of this show since 2005. Now, let's get things started with the Talking Metal theme song, written by Rob Halford, Metal Mike, and Roy Z. Hey guys, welcome to another edition of Talking Metal. John Astronomy here from the Silver Spacecraft, Mark Striegel on the Skype, and we have an amazing guest, Chip Zanuff. Yeah, Chip's enough. I love this guy. I've been an enormous Enough's Enough fan ever since I first saw the New Thing video on MTV. Remember that? I absolutely do, and... Uh, I had the amazing opportunity to hang out with those guys back when I first moved to New York and I was playing with Rob Fiore of the group Fiore, who became friends with those guys. And that's the reason I wear the blue glasses, because of Enough's Enough. Just because the uh, the Chips Enough have like the blue tinted glasses? Some of the guys in Enough's Enough, <laughs> it was either Chip or Donnie had round. Right, right, right. Like I think it was colored maybe, glasses. Yeah, maybe both of them. Even, yeah. I think both of them did. And uh, I swear to God, I know that that was probably Beatle influence. Yeah, but... John Lennon. Well, I mean, Ozzy has yeah. those glasses too, but right. that's because Ozzy loves the Beatles and John Lennon so much. So Correct. Yeah. A lot of people, and I love Ozzy, probably think I'm doing it because of Ozzy. And I swear to God, the reason that that has became my look is because of Enough's Enough. Wow. Very, very interesting. I never, no I never knew that. Learn, learn something new about astronomy on, on, <laughs> on every episode of Talking Metal. Uh, I swear to God. There you go. But yeah, Chip, Chip is great. And I just wanted to give a couple plugs. There's a lot of enough's enough stuff happening. But after the interview, Chip had forgotten. Uh, he told me he forgot to mention that uh, they're on the Chris Kiss cruise this the year. Chris. 
No, I'm the getting Chris, the Kiss Cruise. The Kiss Cruise. And uh, let me just, when is the Kiss Cruise? Do you know? Kiss Cruise. No, but I know that Chip and Enough's Enough will be playing with Ace Freely on yes. August 26th in Chicago at the House of Blues. So yes. That's going to be I, great. I'm going to be there. It's going to be amazing. And uh, we haven't completely announced all the dates yet, but Chip is definitely going to be doing more dates with Ace Frehley in the future. Cool. And That's I believe cool. he does mention that House of Blues show during the interview. Um, Excellent. Too. So, yeah, I'm at the Kiss Cruise website. November 4th through the 9th is the Kiss nice. Cruise. A lot of great bands, the Dead Daisies. Um, oh, Sophie Simmons. Yeah, Gene's <laughs> we'll daughter. We'll be performing. Oh, boy. Uh, and, uh, and apparently enough's enough. More, nice. Yeah, which is interesting because I'm at the website here and I don't see enough's enough listed. Well, I'm uh, sure they're on it, but... Yeah. Uh, uh, it says, oh, here we go, more to be announced. So I don't know, maybe that's a talking I, I exclusive. Think that, yeah, I could be. Yeah, so anyways, um, yeah, Enough's Enough will be on the Kiss Cruise, according to Chips Enough. And that cruise, it appears, is taking place uh, November 4th through the 9th. And one other thing to plug, John, I hope you are in town on November 19th, my birthday. I will yes. be at Dingbats celebrating my uh, 40-something birthday uh, with... Chips enough and enough's enough that night. They're playing. Oh, amazing! So that, if, well, I will be there. Yeah, if you and Lynn are question. around, I'm gonna yeah. definitely uh, try to get some people down to. Uh, yeah, let's see if we can get involved with the show. Maybe Chip will have us, uh, you know, do a birthday wish to you or something. Oh, that would be awesome! Stage yeah. that would it's be great. A, it's a benefit show. Chip's gonna tell us all about it in the uh, in the interview, and it's something that's really important to him. So not only is it a uh, is is it a cool thing, you'll get to. Uh, Come wish me a happy birthday, but more importantly, you'll be able to uh, have the proceeds of the show, of of the ticket that you buy to the show, go to this great cause. And Chip again will tell us all about that. Well, we the we are definitely interview. contributing to it, no matter what. Yes, we'll be there and contribute to it. So that means, guys, you know, there's no guest list. This is a special event. So what's cool is you can be on the guest list, but you still need to contribute to the charity. So before we get into the interview, we're going to check out the, the first single that turned me on to Enough's Enough with that awesome music video. It's called New Thing, and then they followed that up with another single off that first Enough's Enough record called, uh, the sing the second single was Fly High Michelle, and that first record was just so good, so many great songs. And the, Absolutely. the, the thing is, everyone remembers that first record, but the thing that blows me away is like every enough's enough record is is so good but yeah. having said that let's check this out a new not a new thing new thing by enough's enough and then john and i will come back and uh, get you into the interview here on talking metal new thing Checking out the news 
That was New Thing by Enough's Enough right here on Talking Metal featuring our guest today, Chips Enough. One of my favorite ever musicians and somebody I truly consider a friend. I have a, a, I have a message that I saved in my phone that Chip left me. And what's so great is he said, John, it's so cool that you came back into my life. And I, I saved that and I, I recorded it. And um, I just love that because I remember Chip from back in the early 90s when I first moved to New York. And then now fast forward a bunch of years and we're back hanging out with Chip. And it's such a cool thing. We're going to be doing some shows. Ace Freely, Chip's enough. Enough's enough. It's going to be great. And I'm, I'm really, truly also happy that Chip is back in my life again. Cool. And, you know, Chip has a great solo record out, by the way, which is on Spotify. I've been listening to it a lot. Um, it is called Strange Time. Strange Time by Chips Enough. It came out well, about a year ago, a little over a year ago. Check it out. Great stuff. It's not Enough's Enough. It's just Chips Enough, and it's uh, it's great stuff. And, again, remember, Enough's Enough at Dingbats in New Jersey, Clifton, New Jersey, that is, on November 19th. And also, as John mentioned, some A-States coming up and the Kiss Cruise. So having said that, let's right now get into our interview with Chips Enough. This is... Lazy Daisy, which came out, hmm, I don't know, a number of years back. Not not that long ago. I think like 2007, 2008. We'll check that out here and get right into my interview with Chips Enough. Well, hey, Carolina, I show my love for China. Stay, take off 
What you just heard was the song Lazy Daisy by Enough's Enough. And on the line, Chip's Enough. How are you, Chip? Pretty good. uh, Thanks for playing that song because we hardly ever do it live. Yeah, that's a great song, man. I mean, and so many great songs by Enough's Enough on so many great records. And, you know, as much as I love Fly High Michelle and and New Thing, it it always bums me out when I tell people, like, yeah, Enough's Enough is such a great band. And they're like, yeah, Fly High Michelle. I mean, it it almost seems criminal that that some of these other songs, like that one, for example, uh, just don't have the, I guess, exposure that, that those two hits off that first record had. And is that a frustrating thing for you? No, I'm grateful just that anybody knows the enough's enough as it is. It's, uh, it's a lot of bands out there. We're at a time right now in the world where there's, you know, quite frankly, in my opinion, there's too much product, not enough demand. Right. It's hard to grab onto a band. So to be recognized at all with the hundreds and hundreds of thousands of successful bands that have been laid the path for us uh, is quite flattering. And, you know, we've always had that problem. Management, our old manager, Herbie Herbert, used to say to us, guys, we have a good problem. And we'd say, well, okay, what do we do now? And it's, you got too many good songs. Yeah. And uh, so that's, uh, even our peers, uh, the great bands that have mentioned us in the press, which is, uh, we're very appreciative of bands like, you know, Green Day and Cheap Trick and Food Fighters. Uh, just to be acknowledged by your peers is a blessing in itself. And, you know, we know we have a great band and there's, there's some terrific records there without trying to sound unmodest. And any songs that you played, uh, we've always been grateful for that because uh, we know how, how tough it is to get any airplay nowadays. Right on, right on. Now, now speaking of the band, obviously through the years, the, the lineup has changed uh, many times, I would say. Let's, let's talk about who's currently in the band right now besides yourself. Well, listen, if everybody was alive right now, we'd still be out there playing. I lost Derek in 2004, a wonderful guitar player, a big, big part of the sound of Enough Snuff in the early days. Absolutely. Uh, right after that, uh, 2007, we lost our drummer, Ricky Parent. Uh, right there, you could say, well, it's time to put a fork in it. I'd forged on because this is my life. I've dedicated everything I have, all my time, everything I've done musically, I've dedicated to enough's enough you know i've I've done stints where i've toured with missing persons or i play with Adler from guns and roses for five years right uh but i never put enough's enough uh it was enough's enough was always on the pedestal was always the main band those groups know when i was playing with them uh but there's little breaks and little walls in everyone's career where you take a, a month or two break you can't play every single day and when there was time off i continued to keep working that's it and i was focused on the task at hand and that's what's helping even with those groups, helping elevate enough snuff's perception and, and staying out there working. And as long as the songs sound good and the band's great, we'll leave it alone. Yeah. Uh, we have a killer drummer. His name's Eric Donner. His, his father was the late Raul Donner, Robert Plant's from Led Zeppelin's favorite singer. The guy wow. was a terrific rock star back in the 60s. And uh, his son has followed suit. Great singer, wonderful drummer. Got Tori Stolfregan, who's been with Enough Snuff on and off for the last 10 years. 
And uh, the, the new addition has been a guy named Tony Fennell, who used to be the lead singer in a band called Ultravox. And he's playing guitar with us as well. So it's four-piece, uh, real strong. And, uh, of course, my brother Donnie's not there, so who's the next guy that's going to sing the songs? The guy called Rotomall, me. Right. And it, it wasn't a, this was not a gig that I chose to do. However, I love the band. The songs are strong, and I want to go out and play, and that's what we're doing. And yeah. we're real happy with the results so far. We've got some wonderful dates coming up. This year's been real good for us, playing a lot of festivals. And we're just uh, tightening the screws on this uh, race car of ours that still has a lot of gas in the tank. Absolutely. And I mean, the, I haven't seen you play live yet with, with you handling the, the lead vocals, but I did watch the YouTube clips and I was, I was very impressed. I mean, really it's, it's at times hard to, to tell the difference between, uh, your voice and, and Donnie's voice. Do you guys, do you feel that you have similar range and, and a style of singing? Well, I can't compare myself to Donnie V because to me, uh, It'll, it'll go down one day as one of the greatest rock singers of our generation. He's that good. Right. Uh, not only great, not only great singer. Uh, you know, to me, a great singer is a guy who's a, 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 a terrific liar. In other words, every word you hear him sing, uh, you believe what he's saying. Right, right. And and all the great guys, Stephen Tyler, Robin Zander, and all the great guys have had that. As soon as you open their trap up, you go, "Wow, he's got me." Yeah, uh, Donnie V. I can't compare myself, and I would not be silly enough to uh, compare myself to to a guy with such outstanding pipes. However, uh, I co-wrote these songs with him, and I've sang on every single enough enough album. If it wasn't lead vocals, it was the harmonies, mm-hmm. and I've tried to uh, channel him as best as I could because that's a style that I love. I've always grown up listening to pop stuff from the Beatles to Elvis Costello down the cheap trick, you know, and of course Zeppelin and Bowie and Queen. There's so many influences that we have. And you show me a musician without influence. I'll show you a guy who hasn't written one note. Right. So I think yeah. we've, we've really nailed it there. We've, uh, I'd like to look at enough snuff as a, a beautiful potpourri of different kinds of music from the pop to alternative. We were alternative before alternative, in my opinion, Yeah, absolutely. Uh, rock, um, and it's just uh, some metal and it's, it's all in our music I would like to believe and if you look at our dates and look at the shows that have enough stuff done in the past and right now we're playing with rock bands and metal bands we can play with anybody Yeah. and in the old days in the 60s you'd go see bands and it'd be a hodgepodge of different material different bands you know the Runaways and Joan Jett her, her old band and who to be playing with uh, you know Angel Right. Right. or you'd see Queen and they're playing and they're on tour with Bebop Deluxe or Thin Lizzy, or you know Van Halen with Black Sabbath. You know those bands are a lot. There's a, there's some similarities there, but they're different. Yeah, absolutely. And I think nowadays it's going it's going back. What once was old to quote quote the great Clive Davis, what once was old is now new again. And I think you can go out and see shows and and you can mix it up and you, you can have bands like uh, Oasis, you know, playing with Guns N' Roses or Enough's Enough in uh, a mixture with. Uh, uh, cheap trick or food fighters or foreigner, you know, what any of the bands out there, we all can play together. There's an audience for all this stuff. Absolutely. And, uh, let's talk about the new record that I believe is coming out soon, right? Clowns lounge is what I've read. It's, it's called, uh, can you confirm that? Well, Donnie and I talked about the record and it's, it's material that I were signed with frontiers. And Frontiers wanted a record, and they knew Donnie wasn't playing in the band, but they wanted a record with Donnie's pipes on there. 
Okay. And the A&R guy's name is Derek Showman. Derek Showman used to be in a band called Gentle Giant right. back in the 70s. Then he uh, started working at Polygram. He signed Bon Jovi. And because he did so well, Atlantic gave him his own imprint, which was uh, Atco Records. And Atco signed ACDC, Bad, thing, uh, Bad Company, I'm sorry, and uh, Pantera and Up Snuff. Those are the four bands that they've, the new signs that Derek did. Wow. We had wonderful success under, under his tutelage. And then here we are now, 25 years later, and Derek calls me and says, I, I'm looking for another Enough Snuff album. I think you guys, I have a nice home for you. If you could find some stuff with your brother singing on tunes, that would be great. And I went through everything I had, through all the material. And, and there's, honest to God, five or six full-length Enough Snuff albums in the, in the can. Wow. Stuff never released. And I, just, I picked the best stuff that was recorded on Two Inch, went back in the studio, tweaked them up a little bit, and then uh, presented uh, Frontiers. They loved it. And I, Donnie and I were talking, and I, we uh, discussed uh, album titles. And, I, and I, that was one of the titles I thought would be interesting because a lot of the songs were written during the era when we hung out at a place called Clowns Lounge, which is essentially a strip club right. in Lake Delaware, right outside of uh, Lake Geneva, Illinois. Oh, wow. And it's got the original band on most of the record. Uh, which is, I, we, we haven't done a record since the last release of the original band was 2004. So it's a brand new, fresh record with the original band. However, songs may have been written years ago. It's still fresh and new right now. I think people would be pleasantly surprised. It's a hard rock record showing the pop elements and sides of it up and up. Mostly played in the studio, with very minimal overdubs. Now, now when you and, say uh, original we, band, that, that includes some of Derek's guitar playing? Absolutely. Wow. And, it, okay. and it's incendiary. It's just a great guitarist. And, you know, I went through these tunes and I thought maybe we should just call the record something like uh, Lost Treasures. You know, it's just because uh, it was to us, that's what it was. And for the Dyer Enough Snuff fans, they'll be uh, blown away beyond belief. So just imagine a cheap trick or an Aerosmith or someone going, hey, you know what? We're putting a record out of songs we've never put out before. Wow. I think people would be real excited about that. And it wasn't a, it wasn't a cash and grab thing because the deal was uh, very uh, was not very lucrative as far as in the bands uh, in our in our uh, uh, what we would think is successful back in the old days. Uh, it was just enough to cover the expenses to put the record out because we wanted to do it for our fans and we wanted to go out and tour and play these songs. Excellent. And, now and, go ahead. Paying respect for guys. Right. Well, that that's very exciting. I didn't realize that these were classic tracks that that have been unreleased. So that's great news. And there's been uh, press that Janie Lane sings a track. Is that is that happening? Is that going to be on the record? Yeah, it's going to be on the record. Her management called me, asked about it. I said yes. Uh, Janie's on one song. He flew into Chicago uh, maybe a year before he passed away, and wow. uh, he was doing a project with. Her. He was just going to do one sing on one song, and he walked in the studio. He just flew in uh, uh, red eye. And we are recording here in Chicago. He walked in the room. He said, gave me a big hug and says, Chip, do me a favor. Will you please let me sing like Bowie? I want, I want to bring the Bowie of me out. I don't wow. want to just be Janie Lane here. And I said, are you kidding me? I love your pipes. Go get in there. And he had a quick smoke, went in the studio, and really maybe one or two takes tops. Wow. Nailed the track. Then I went back in there later on, sang some harmonies with them, and, uh, I think it's a real strong song, and I, I, I did, wasn't sure about how the family would feel, but uh, Janie Lane was a, a big enough enough fan, 
Warrant has got a huge audience out there. I think it's only fitting to put his song on the record, a song that I, of course, wrote, but that Janie contributed on singing. Right. And I think he did a great job, and people are going to be pleasantly surprised when they hear the track because it's one of the better songs on the record. Wow, very cool. I can't wait to hear that. And uh, oh, I also have J.Y. from Styx on the record. Yeah, too. That, that was I, my next question. After yeah. Jay's thing, I thought I'd bring J.Y., and I, uh, and I always call J.Y. on records. You know, our paraphernalia record, I got Corrigan to come down from the Pumpkins. I got Rick Nielsen to come down. And I brought J.Y. down, and I brought him down for really one reason. I just wanted to elevate our perception. We wanted people to hear it and go, hey, these heavyweights are playing with enough snuff. They must be the real McCoy. Yeah. And now here I am years later, and I called J.Y. on the phone again, and I said, there's no, no budget. We're making this record. I'd be honored if you come down. He goes, Chip, give me the address. And he came down, played incendiary guitar on it. I mean, it really sounds great. He used a sustaining guitar on it. And oh, wow. As soon as, you, as soon as he hits one chord, you go, that's the guy that sticks. Yeah, he's got it. He's got That's one of his. He's a singer, of course, but his other voice is guitar playing. And I was glad that he contributed on the record with Jamie Lane. And I think the track will cause a lot of attention. It's called "The Devil of Shakespeare," and um, I think please people would be pleasantly surprised uh, that uh, it's it's got enough enough flavor on it. But there's only a little bit, of, a couple of guys that enough enough playing on it. Right on. Wow. Well, I can't wait to hear this. When when do you think the record will be actually released to the public? Uh, come out sometime this year. I know that we have to get it out there because we have a, a five or six week run with uh, on tour with uh, the great Ace Freely in, in January. So yeah, I heard that. We're hoping, get, we're hoping to get it out maybe uh, November, December of this year. It'll be a late release. It'll be by itself, no competition, because uh, a lot of bands are afraid the records out at the end of the year. And we'll put it out, and then we'll go and embark on the tour with Ace in January, February of. Uh, 2017 and then uh, we'll go over to Europe and support the record over there as well. Cool and I did want to mention you're coming through my neck of the woods on my birthday. I hope to be there on my birthday celebrating with you November 19th Enough's Enough at Dingbats in Clifton, New Jersey. So uh, Listen, that's a big that's a big show right there. It's a, it's a benefit memorial for one of my great friends, the old rock photographer Herb Newman. Oh, okay. Guy was brilliant. Shot Bon Jovi, shot Robert Plant. This guy was a, 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 around all the rock stars in the early days. He helped uh, enough to nothing, I think, in a lot of ways. When we first came out there, by uh, with awareness alone, yet he took pictures of the band. Uh, we were in all the rock magazines. A lot of his stuff that was in the magazines were shot through Herb and his company. And uh, it's a great memorial for him. The first awesome. one they're having. And there's going to be a bunch of bands on it. Just not, it's not just enough's enough. And I don't want to mention any bands because I don't. I'm not sure who they all are. But I was I was told those members of Deep Purple and uh, uh, the guys in Trickster okay. and maybe Stars, maybe wow. Richie Rado, and they, they mentioned a few names. I thought, well, this could be really good. I want I want to see. I want to do something nice for his family. Cool, cool. Well, I will be there. Looking forward to it. And. Uh... Let's play a tune, and then I'm going to come back and uh, just wrap things up with you, Chip. This is Bullet from a Gun off the Tweaked album, an album that I just loved. I think it came out back in, like, 1994. And uh, we're going to check this out, and then we'll come back and talk some more with Chip's Enough. Yes. 
just heard was bullet from a gun from 1994 enough's enough off the tweaked album memories of that album chip uh <laughs> you, you want the good cop bad cop which one you want of course there's <laughs> memories on a record i i produced with donnie every single song every single note on every record yeah i know exactly what went on during that time the band was full of substance abuse. We were out of control. The inmates were in the asylum. Herbie Herbert was managing the band, Journey's manager. Okay. And he couldn't control us. Our other manager, our day-to-day guy, Bob Brigham, uh, he was doing the drugs with the band. We just we were out of control. And we went in the studio, and Chicago Recording Company had all our rock star friends coming down to visit us. And we recorded a double album. 
because we knew we were in trouble. Soundgarden, Pearl Jam, Alice in Chains, Nirvana, all the great bands were coming out of Seattle. Everyone was taking an ass whooping that had any MTB experience or any uh, airplay that was significant. And it was a change of the guard, for lack of a better term. And we recorded the whole double album. Management was fed up with us. Record company was, we were with Arista Records at the time. They were uh, losing tons of money because the band, back then you could sell 200, 200 300,000 units and, and can be considered a failure. Right, right. And we were finding ourselves, we were hemorrhaging. Those, it was like a bandage on a gunshot wound, the label deal. And we just found ourselves in a predicament. We said, what can we do here at the last minute? And we recorded a double album, and we gave it to Herbie Herbert. Herbie goes, "I'm gonna have to retire. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna get out of the business. I can't take it anymore. You guys are too. Uh, you guys are unmanageable." Wow. And we said, we begged Herbie, "Please don't leave us. We're, we need some direction. The inmates can't be continue to run the asylum. We'll do whatever he asks us to do." He says, "Okay, then take the two records you have, grab all the pop stuff." put it on one record and grab the stuff that's dark and heavy and, and it shows your promiscuous side. Uh, and let's put that on another record. And we made uh, the tweaked album with one album of material that just dealt with, you know, uh, torn relationships and, uh, uh, substance abuse. Right. And, you know, we were out of control. And then we took the other record and put all the stuff that Donnie and I wrote that was real poppy. And a lot of that stuff that Donnie had, he was writing real pop stuff at the time. So he really was contributing a lot on that side of the record. We put them both out and uh, we made two records in one. And Herbie uh, went to Japan, went to Europe, went to the United States and got us three record deals on that album and the subsequent following record, which was uh, called Seven or Chip and Donnie. Right. And uh, and then and then he says I got to go now. It's 1995. Herbie leaves the band. He gives us 150 thousand dollars for the record. To us, it was tons because, we, like as as I said before, we were hemorrhaging. Yeah. And we certainly needed some help. And the band was in disarray. And we got that last bit of money. And we were able to hold over and be able to get a tour bus and and go on the road. And we played Tweak in its entirety every single night. Wow. Open it with Stone. People people loved that record. It was and it really showed a different side of the band. Uh, because uh, minimal production, you know, even though we're in the studio, we might have been jacked up on drugs uh, and going through divorces and, and, and personal problems. When it came to the music, Donnie and I were focused beyond belief. We wanted those records to be great. We were competing against the biggest bands in the world in our eyes. We just didn't want to throw a record out for no reason. And I remember reading uh, in Rolling Stone or one of the big magazines, a huge writer says, you know, another great record by Enough's Enough, but we'll list... Uh, be enough to eliminate the black cloud that follows them. Wow. And we thought, gosh, everybody knows our trip right now. And we went yeah. out and toured on it. We were playing, we were out with Dee Snyder when he was taking a break from Twisted Sister. And we went out and grabbed cheap trick shows or anybody that would come through town, Def Leppard, and open the shows. But it wasn't enough to, to put that record over the top. And it was back to the drawing board after that. But uh, it was certainly a, um, a memory that I certainly won't forget. And we, I don't know how we got through that record because every drug dealer came to the studio and padded us up with anything that we needed. And uh, we had nowhere to go. We were living in apartments and we were, everybody was real tough and nobody wanted to say anything because look, there's mothers out there working two or three jobs a day. They don't want to hear about a bunch of jag ups who can't stop right. doing drugs and can't stop getting laid. Right. Uh, so it, it took a while before we could really uh, turn it around again and get another chance all the way until 2001 when, 
I got the call from Poison, and I was sitting home, and I was washing dishes, and they said, hey, you guys want to go on tour with us and Quiet Riot and Warrant? And they had put enough stuff back into the game again. Right on. And, you know, you've mentioned the drugs and the substance abuse, and addiction is a word sometimes you hear when, when people talk about enough's enough. Is is Was there a point in your life where you kind of said, hey, I got to clean up, I got to take a step back from all this? Well, I know one thing. It took me a long time to admit her faults, and I wasn't really uh, one of the guys doing the drugs, but I, it's my band. So if I'm hanging out with four junkies, guess what people think? Well, Chip's a junkie, too. So you, you know, hang out with the gang, and that's what you're going to get. And I, I, at first, I didn't say anything about it, but now as I've gotten older, I'm not afraid to show the warts, scars, and tattoos that I've acquired through the years of playing in the band and dedicating my life to music and trying to do the best I can every single night right. with great shows and hanging out with the fans. And in some ways we nailed it in other ways we missed. Uh, you know, I'm not sure failures in my vocabulary. Perhaps it just means uh, getting it right the next time. Right. Right. Gotcha. Cool. And uh, you produced a band recently. I heard one of, one of the songs I was having trouble finding the actual full record, but green denim. And I know Jesse camp is, or was playing with them. And how, how did that all come about? Got a call in Chicago. I got my own studios, if I can plug it, a shameless plug. Absolutely. Which is my name, Chip, is in Up Studios, and bands come all over the place. And look, when I started playing in the early days, I remember going to Rick Nielsen from Cheap Trick at one of their shows when they were playing Chicago in the limelight. and said, hey, Rick, I got a band, me and my brother, we're called Enough's Enough. We'd love you to produce the record. And I gave him a cassette tape. That's what was big back then when we came out cassette tapes. And he passed on us, and we just never could find a guy that would take time out and uh, you know, try to help nurture a band and, and get our sound together. And eventually in 1989, uh, we were discovered by Doc McGee and, and we were able to make a record. And, uh, and because of doing demos for so many years in my bedroom, uh, Donnie and I learned the craft and we were able to produce our records and do a halfway decent job. But it took years and years of trial and error to do that. And eventually we, we got a break and, we're able to do it. So my studio basically is a studio for a guy who makes records like me all these years. Uh, you want to come out here and make a great record? Well, like, you know, rock, pop, alternative, whatever kind of music you have, emo, doesn't matter what it is. I'll come in there. I'll help you shape up your tunes and I'll do the wow. best I can. Even if I have to play on it to help make it good. And the green denim guys just called me. Jesse's been a fan of enough enough for years. Heard I had a studio, came out to the house took a look at it. I live in Blue Island, Illinois. It's a house that's converted into a studio. It's got a great vibe. And that's the, a lot of bands are doing the same thing I'm doing. It's not like I'm first here. Uh, for years and years out in Los Angeles, people just rent out apartments and place on the water and uh, put the uh, set of pro tool system in there and, and start recording a right. computer and you're ready to go. So I basically, I got a nice little console in the, in the studio. It's a little pro tools, 10 HD system. And, uh, I also have a two-inch machine and a half-inch machine downstairs, yes. and bands come in here, play live, and make records. Nice. And do bands, a lot of the bands record onto tape? You mentioned the tape machines. I think nowadays people are starting to really gravitate toward the analog recordings, and yeah. at least getting drums and drums and bass on, on analog, and they can switch it over to the digital domain and do the rest after that. Yeah. But quite a few, I've had some really good artists. I, you know, Dale from Missing Persons came over here. She recorded a couple of stuff for my uh, solo record that's out uh, called Strange Time. Cool. And uh, Stephen Allen from Guns N' Roses came in here and did an EP with me, six songs. He's on a solo record. Yep. 
I've had really good artists, uh, Kanye West and Malik Yosef and uh, and Twista, hip hop guys that came over and, re- and recorded stuff. Wow, Ka- so, Kanye West is recorded uh, at your studio. Kanye West came over here. Wow. His, and he made a record with a guy named Malik Yosef. It's called Good Morning, Good Night. They came over here and and took uh, Kanye didn't come by here, but Malik did, and right. and they took the the Pro Tool sessions and brought the Kanye and they recorded two songs. Oh my! Oh. And basically, what they did is they took the songs that were written by Donnie and myself and then wrapped over. Mm. Music was already there. It was already put together and everything. They wanted the stems. I said, no, you take it like this because I didn't want to get shut out, shoved out of the project. Right, right. So we got, you know, got production credit and got a, a featured vocalist on it and got songwriting on two songs. Wow. Oh, interesting. Uh, but I probably worked on, I probably worked on a, a couple dozen with, uh, with um, Twista over at uh, Star Trek's recording studio. I worked on 20, 30 songs with him. Wow. And that helped the, that helped the relationship and the hip-hop community. And I just wanted, the reason I did it was not because uh, I wanted to ha- have the show that I was a hip-hop guy. I just wanted to show that Enough Snuff was no one-trick pony, that there's all kinds of different styles of music we can do. Right on. Right on. A uh, couple more quick questions and we'll wrap it up. Are you still doing the man-cow thing? You still doing the radio stuff? Yeah, bro, I'm still doing radio. I go in anytime I want to the loop, 97.9 in FM here in Chicago and uh, and through the Midwest. Uh, it's a huge radio station, Classic Rock, and they've actually been playing uh, our first single on the new record, which is going to be called Dog on a Bone. Cool. A great rock and roll track. I think people would be really pleasantly surprised to hear it. bashed out heavy but yet melodic elements of uh, I with some of our favorite bands like Cheap Trick Foo nice. Fighters it's, it's, it's Urge Overkill it's got it's got attitudes for sure and uh, no Loop has been very good to Enough's Enough right long long time uh, rock station in Chicago The Loop for years it was a, for years the Man Cow Show would be on Q101 number one station in Chicago massive and then he went to a place called a Rock 103.5 and uh he was a ball buster not to enough enough because he knew about uh, the, the small things. We were close at the time in failure, and we just couldn't turn it around. And Mancow took advantage of our, our our problems that we had as a band and focused a lot of attention on that instead of the music. That was the most important thing. Right. Uh, but then after years and years, uh, he apologized and said, you know, I never gave you guys your right due. And I, I want to help you. Wow. And he had me on his TV show. I co-hosted the show for a couple of years. I was able to bring Zach Wilde on the show and uh, and Ace Freely and Cheap Trick and all these different bands would come on the, on the, on the TV show. It was, and it was wonderful. And from there, we just developed a friendship. And now he has, he has been coming on and co-hosting the show. And the people in Chicago seem to dig it. It's a pretty funny show. It's a play. We talk about music and talk about trim. Right. And, you know, let's face it, getting high and getting laid, those are all part of the music business. All them bands, that's what they did, or still do. So, right. so it's a fun little show, quirky little R-rated rock show uh, every single morning on the loop, and there's a lot of people listening, so it's good. And I appreciate the man cow letting uh, everybody know that Enough Snuff is out there, it's strong. Cool. Yeah, I used to listen when I was growing I grew up in the Chicago suburbs and i used to listen to jonathan brandmeyer remember him on the loop oh yeah those guys really aren't, aren't too good friends brandmeyer uh, big fixture here in chicago for years 
And yeah. then he split and moved to Los Angeles, and he was doing radio in Los Angeles. Uh, however, Mancow would continue to stay out here, and it certainly helped him a lot. Last I heard is Johnny's. Uh, Johnny doesn't have a show here right now. Maybe he does an internet show, but um, he definitely left an indelible mark here in Chicago. Absolutely. Listen, you got in the music business, you can't take any, just like radio, you can't stop. If you're a musician out there, you're listening to this program right now, I'm telling you guys one thing that I know for sure, don't stop. Yeah. Because people have a short attention span, and once the day you say, that's it, I'm done, there's going to be 300 more bands the next day that are going to try to vie for your spot, and 3,000 by the end of the month, and 30,000 by the end of the year, it just grows and grows and grows, and everybody goes, ah. Who were they? Yeah, yeah, I remember that one song. Right. The reason anybody knows enough snuff right now is because I never stopped the choo-choo train. Even when it was low on gas, I found a way to get to move that train and get to this destination, with which is great shows, being appreciative and humble, and still putting out music. And in the old days, bands would have budgets. You'd spend fifty to a hundred, two hundred thousand dollars to make a record. Those days are gone. They don't give those budgets anymore. Unless a band is totally self-financed as a backer, you're doomed. So you got to find different ways to get around to make a great record. And I think that we we found that from all the years of experience making records. Right on. Working with other bands, with ourselves, you find a place, and it's like serendipity, a moment of clarity. And one thing that we know what to do, and that's how to write songs and, and put them together. And if we can help another band out, that's good karma, bro. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you mentioned Steven Adler a couple times during the interview. Have you spoken with Steven since he reunited for those couple Guns N' Roses shows? Of course. I'm, I'm the first guy to talk to him on that day. They came here. Guns N' Roses came to Chicago on September 1st. I mean, I'm sorry, July 1st and July 3rd. Two sold-out shows at Soldier Field, Field yeah. which holds about 65,000, 70,000 people. It's massive. And they didn't call Stephen for those gigs. And, and I talked to Frank, the drummer, but I ended up not going out to the show. Right. Because Not right. because I'm uh, boycotting or anything. I just I, I wanted to see Stephen. I thought it would have been great to, to get him back out of there, play in front of a huge audience like that. However, the next morning I get a call and uh, Slash called him and said, uh, get on a plane, we got a ticket for you. You're playing with us in Cincinnati tonight. Wow. So he went out there and he, Two songs uh, out to get me and uh, my Michelle. And after the show, and I just I just gave him a call to say congratulations to him. And he he picked up the phone. And I said, "Man, I can't believe it, bro! What a great gig! You did killer tonight!" And the phone clicked off. I was like, "That's kind of weird." He just hung right up on me. I was, I was kind of bummed out about it. And then five minutes later, he called me. He said, "Bro, I'm sorry. I had bad reception." I go, "Where are you?" He says. Slash, he asked me to come on the tour bus. I'm going, I'm traveling with them. So he got on Slash's bus after the Cincinnati show because it was so successful. And Slash, uh, just by himself, Slash and the security guy, and I think his chick. Right. And then he went to uh, Nashville. Yes. And so Stephen got a chance to play the next night as well, and people went crazy. They're so happy. The internet was going nuts over the whole thing. And the next thing was, well, let's get Izzy out here. Yeah. And then you got five guys. And I'm, don't count Izzy out, folks. He may be back. Wow! Because we're in a we're in a, we're in a business right now where money talks. Okay. Yeah. So if he's got if they got a chance to get Izzy back and we can pay him well enough to where it makes uh, makes sense, uh, you know the folks the fans deserve it more than anything, me included. 
Right on. See the whole original. It's okay to have the other guys there, but you want to have the five guys in Guns N' Roses playing them iconic songs of uh, Appetite for Destruction. And then uh, there, there's your ticket right there. Awesome. Definitely. Well, do you know Izzy? Are you friends with him? You know, when Guns is real, I, 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 I'm more acquaintances. I don't want to right. say friends, yeah. but he is a friend. I just not, we don't know each other very well. But here's what Izzy did for me. On the 20th anniversary, Guns N' Roses were playing at the Key Club. And it was Adler's Appetite playing that night, but they all talked and said, guys, we're going to come out, we're going to do a couple songs. Right. So I did the two rehearsals with Izzy and with Duff and Steven. And after the first rehearsal, I knew the songs as good as those guys did. I knew every little part. I was showing them parts. Wow. And after the rehearsal, I, I heard uh, Izzy get on the phone and tell the production guy to keep the bass amp up on stage. So I knew I nailed it. And the next night we played, and everybody showed up in the band except for Axel. Yeah, I remember We went that. up and yeah. we did, uh, I think we did Paradise City, and we did maybe one other one, uh, Welcome to the Jungle. Place one crazy solo jam-packed place. The key club used to hold maybe six, seven hundred people. You couldn't squeeze a, a bug in there. And so that was the catalyst to talking about maybe the guys getting back together again because it, it sounded great. And he just it was, all you needed was the, the guy who wrote and sang the songs with the band, which is Axel. And um, they talked about it. And Slash did mention, hey, you know, maybe something will happen one day. But right now, you know, where everybody's got their solo careers, and waited all the way until this point where they got finally got a break. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Izzy, Izzy, great, gave me some wonderful ideas, by the way. And, and playing in the room with him was ridiculous because you see where those riffs came from on that first Guns N' Roses record. He's just a real jangly guitar player, and kind of punk rock a little bit. Right. And uh, just, you know, a smile on his face and really enjoyed playing. We had a great time together. It was really nice. And I know the rest of his band, too. I know all the guys, you know, Cats, Rich Rich from uh, Georgia Satellites and JT Lagoria, his producer. So there's there's some good uh, love in that camp. Awesome, great stories, Chip, and and I'm very excited for the new record. It sounds like it'll be out hopefully late this year. Clowns Lounge. We got the show in New Jersey, which I'll be at on my birthday, November nineteenth. I hope to come up and say hi to you at that show at Dingbats. And uh, oh, bro, the last time I played Dingbats, it was with White Lion. Nice. And I went on Howard Stern. I went on Howard Stern that morning. Did the Stern show. We were on, on a tour bus. Pulled into New York at four in the morning. You don't mind if I tell you the story, do you, real quickly? No, no, go ahead. It, it makes me excited when I tell you about it. It makes me excited. We pulled up at four o'clock in the morning. Everybody wants to go to a strip club and hang out. And I'm saying to myself, I'm just going to get in the cab and I'm going to go do Howard Stern show. And the, the guys in the, that were playing with me, uh, I don't know why you're going down there. Stern don't like you. He doesn't care about the band. Why are you wasting your time? I said, no problem, guys. And I jumped in the cab with my, with my guy, Ruben. Right. And Eric Donner, my drummer, and we drove down in a cab, went to the station, called up uh, Ron, the limo driver, picked up. He goes, what are you doing here? I said, bro, I'm on tour right now. We're, we're playing a show in Jersey. Can I talk to Howard? He goes, I'll be down in five minutes. Pulled wow. me in there. Boy, Gary see me, Gary Delbody, great producer. Chip, how are you? Ben? Bro, I can only put you on maybe 10 minutes, but, you know, make the most of it. I said, no problem, guys. On for two hours, telling stories, talking about hookers, wow. cocaine all the terrible things that went, he loves, he loves to hear not just the bells and whistles. He wants the scars and the, and the tattoos and the warts of, of your life as well. <laughs> yeah, right on. And we just, it was a great show. He's just, he's a, such a wonderful interview. And uh, the guy is super astute, just a smart fucking cat, man. I was so impressed with his, 
uh, history of not only enough snuff, but just music in general. Yeah, he's always and, been uh, a big supporter. Night, yeah, and that night uh, we played with uh, White Lion, and, and it was uh, the fire marshal had to come. There was hundreds of people they couldn't let in. Wow. wow. It was one of the biggest shows on that tour. For, oh, and the next nine shows, complete sellouts because of him. As soon as the, you know, the, uh, it went away a little bit where, you know, we've got some shows on our belts, then it got back to regular crowds. We were playing three, four hundred people. But before that, as soon as he talked about it, yeah. he made the whole tour. Wow. It really did. It was all Howard Stern. Wow. The power of Howard. That's amazing. Great story. Love Howard Stern. And used to love it when you guys would be on the show back in the day. He was such a big supporter of Enough's Enough back in the early days. And we would go on the shows, and Donnie was up all night. He'd be up until 5, 6 in the morning, doom, going, what are we going to do? I got no pipes at all. And then as soon as you get on, his, on the Stern show, the first thing he wants to do after he talks a little bit about pussies is, uh, hey, guys, can you play a song or two for me? Right. So those are always challenging gigs because it's not easy. Any singer could attest to it. It's not easy to sing songs at 6, 7 o'clock in the morning. However, we found a way. The shows were always strong. He loved the organicness of it where we could get out and play acoustically and bash the songs out. He didn't have the same studios he has now where bands could plug in live and, and play a whole show. And I think we were one of the bands, one of the catalysts in the early days to go on the Stern show and be able to play those songs acoustically. And, and they, transp they, they we transposed them just right. It seemed to work for radio very well. Right on. Yeah. And to this day, uh, to this day, I would say that... Uh, I still hear him once in a while talking about the band. He's, he's still, a, he still loves us. And that's great. He's one of the most loyal radio guys I've ever ran into Cause most guys it's, you know, on to the next thing. Um, but if he likes you, uh, he stays loyal to you. And boy, there's not a better friend to have, especially when it comes to promoting your record or your book or whatever you got going on. That's why all the big stars go on there because there's not a better guy out there. Right on. And real quick, you just mentioned a book. Do you, are you writing a book? Do you have a book that's coming out? Yeah, I am. I'm working on it right now. It's, I've been working on it for the last uh, year and a half, two years, and I'm hoping to get it out, release it, maybe possibly with Hal, Hal Leonard. Okay, cool. A big, uh, big book company uh, publisher, uh, but uh, it's two books actually. You know, I'm probably getting in trouble for saying it, but it is. It's one book is on the music business and how it's changed, and the other book is uh, enough's enough. Uh, and showing both good cop badge the cop side and talking about all the tours, all the big bands we've toured with and making these records. And, and every time we build a bridge, we'd somehow try, uh, find a way to burn it down. Right on. Cool. Well, I'd love to read them. I hope they, uh, they come out at some point soon. And, uh, Chip, it's always a pleasure talking to you. You have such great stories and, uh, yeah, man, we're going to end with blue Island which is a great song off the Strength record. I think prob I love so many songs off that record, but I think Blue Island is is the one song that I just always would skip to on that record. It's so this is such a great song, and and Blue Island is is the place you're from and the place you still live, right? Yeah, a little hometown here. Uh, you know, listen, when you're on the road and you're off for a hundred or two hundred days a year. It's hard to remember where your home is, but we've always kept this as a, a, a unique little cottage right here in the middle of Chicago, the south side. And quite a few bands have come out of here. Um, Mest, The Arrivals, had some good successful bands that have actually uh, caused a little commotion here in Blue Island, so it's not just enough snuff. And uh, it's a good little town of hardworking people, and uh, it's got a lot of rock and roll written all over it. 
Chip, thanks so much. This is, again, Blue Island off the Enough's Enough album Strength. Uh, a classic record. If you don't have it, go back and, and get it because it's a must-have. Uh, Blue Island by Enough's Enough. Thanks, Chip.
That was Blue Island by Enough's Enough off the Strength record. And that is one of my favorite records. And also, at the time when I moved to New York, my, my good buddy Rob Fiore, that was one of his favorite records as well. And uh, that's one of the guys that uh, I met Enough's Enough through. And uh, just such great times back in the early 90s in New York City. Cool. Absolutely. And that'll do it for today. Guys, uh, please support Talking Metal. And one way you can do that without spending a dime is to go to iTunes and write a review for us. Uh, Hit the subscribe button on iTunes. That helps our profile on iTunes. Uh, it's, It's very important. So again, please write a review for Talking Metal on iTunes. It gets a little confusing because now there's like numerous talking metal feeds there's the talking metal digital feed the talking metal feed with no music uh the talking metal the just the plain old talking metal show feed that's been up there since 2005 any of them that you want to leave a review on uh helps our profile on itunes so please go ahead and do that and that's a, a great way to support the show and there's also all the normal ways you can buy a shirt in the merch section on talkingmetal.com you can use our amazon links you can make a paypal donation or you can just tell your friends about the show that is also very helpful and uh John, that'll do it for now. Um, any any other ace news we should know about? I know we got the Rock uh, Carnival coming up in Yeah, Rock in New Carnival. Jersey. We got New a Jersey. lot of shows in the New York area, the PlayStation Theater. We got a great show in Terrytown, the Chance in Poughkeepsie, the Rock Carnival, of course. Uh, we're going to be starting a tour in Texas. Uh, it's going to be great. We're going to go through a bunch of great venues, including the Oriental Theater in Denver, which we played before. And uh, House of Blues in Chicago, which ships enough and enough's enough. And it's going to be a great tour. Uh, there's going to be a tour starting in August, going through early September, a couple of weeks off, and then starting in late September at the PlayStation Theater, going into October and beyond. So uh, lots nice. of ace stuff going on. Uh, believe it or not, I organize all of it and uh it's a it's a very challenging yet fulfilling job and it's a fun thing and uh but i I have to say guys i'm just really looking forward to the shows with enough's enough and uh thanks to chip and uh you know we reconnected in chicago on the man cow show at one of the days of the dead uh conventions put on by a great guy named bill philput and uh, his associates and uh so cool so cool and uh just a a great friendship and uh, everything has been great and is this is kind of bizarre but is as close as you are to chip believe it or not this interview was basically set up by not john but ian mccurdy so yes (laughs) ian is an amazing dude he is a watch expert Yes. And uh, I love that. And Ian is so cool. Uh, I have numerous watches, and uh, I love watches. And I love the fact that Ian is an expert in this, and he teaches me all about how cool different watches are. You know who's an expert in watches? Eric Singer of Kiss. Oh, uh, yeah. He's I know. a watch Another expert Another friend well. of Ian uh, McCurdy, who's definitely very well connected. And on another note, kind of circling back to the Rock Carnival, which is happening in New Jersey at the end of September through uh, early October. It's a three-day event. Ace is playing, I believe, the same night as one of Twisted Sister's final shows 
Uh, it is uh, going to be amazing. I cannot wait. Ace and Twisted. Yep. I, th- I think back to back that night. I think it's the Saturday night. It's going to be great. There's a, by the way, yeah, Overkill is on that bill. Yeah, Monster Magnet. Um, uh, Fragile Mortals, I think, is going to be playing oh, with cool. Daryl McDaniels and Rob Dukes. Uh, Alice Cooper plays the night before. It's just going to be awesome. Tom Kiefer is playing on on Sunday. Yeah, is and Zach I, Sabbath playing too? Zach Sabbath, who I, I, you know, I've never seen Zach Sabbath. However, I saw Zach play in Vegas the night after the Guns N' Roses show when I was out there. Play some play NIB by uh, by Sabbath on this guitar. I can't even remember what it was called. It was one of those Guitar Hero tours, oh, Guitar cool. Axis or something. A- Axes. I can't even remember what it was called. But yeah, Zach, That's when cool. he plays Sabbath, is freaking awesome. However, I just quickly, on the Twisted Sister front, uh, I'm in the middle right now of watching We Are Twisted Fucking Sister, the documentary. Oh, cool. Guys, it's a great one. I mean, I'm all, I watched like half of it last night, and I'm going to watch the rest uh, ASAP, but it, it's it's an interesting documentary because it's not about Twisted Sister, you know, we're not going to take it and all that stuff. It's about the 10 years that Twisted Sister spent in the clubs before they before they made it. Uh, that's so what, cool. Yeah, that's what the documentary is about, and it's, it's very interesting, obviously starting back in the mid-70s, uh, even early 70s. Nice. And it, it, you know, this band, even though they kind of exploded, you know, in the early to mid-80s into everyone's <clears throat> living room via MTV, there was a long history before that, and that's, that's what this is about, the club days, and it's a, a great documentary we are twisted fucking sister it's on netflix so check it out guys and that'll do it for tonight you want to end with fly high michelle the other big hit off the first record yeah absolutely fly high michelle one of the favorites of mine of enough's enough one of their greatest tunes and i want to really send a special thanks out to chips enough for taking the time to do a really really great in-depth interview with you mark and uh, i look forward to seeing chip soon and I look forward to all of us hanging together in November at the birthday event at Dingbats at the charity event. It's going to be a great time. And, uh, you know, what, what an awesome show tonight. Thanks cool. to Chip. Is enough? Yes. All right, John, here we go. Little Fly High Michelle by Enough's Enough.
One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. <laughs> AutoTrader.